0: The following podcast contains some strong language and some very average opinions. Any references to actual people are wildly inaccurate. It's probably best if you don't listen at all. The Roaring Peacock Podcast. Welcome back to The Roaring Peacock main cast in this week's main cast we'll be celebrating international book day Whee! Yay! Whee! we all read books <laughs> we all read books we'll be having a briefest of look back at uh, the villa game and we'll be talking about our ups and downs we'll be getting our stats out for the lads before previewing the annas but first the week began with the visit of some villains seeking vengeance for Hattrick Bamford's heroics at Villa Park. Unable to create a spectacle for fans and neutrals alike, Villa felt their best tactic was to go a goal up and waste as much time as possible in a game where fans would likely have made the difference. It's little reward for guessing who the target of their hate would have been. Wow. (laughs) And, And as if the last year or so hasn't seen enough tragedy, we were struck another blow as we learned that Peter Lorimer, has been admitted into a hospice. Battling a long-term illness, we can only wish him and the Lorimer family well and repeat that famous Leeds phrase that has echoed around Ellen Road for decades. Keep fighting. Uh, And uh, pinch and a punch, first day of the month, Gaetano Baradi made his return to the pitch for the youth team. Perhaps he took this tradition too seriously and that could have been the reason for the loss. Um... He was uh, pinching and punching all the (laughs) (laughs) under-23s. Although it was more great preparation for the under-23s at Crystal Palace as they learned to lose in London, a famous (laughs) Leeds tradition, and the difficult guessing game of whether the official is incompetent or corrupt. As time marched on, it was Somerville who was sent marching as the academy side went down 2-0. Mark Jackson's men will be looking to return to the form that saw them win nine games in a row and continue their march to Premier League 2 Division 1. And for more on the under-23s, you can march on together with our youth pod. And it was a good to see a return to social media from the Leeds Warrior, as Josh Warrington posted a picture post-successful surgery and spoke of his love for fast food and a certain brand of ice cream. He mentioned he felt like he'd let a lot of people down by losing. To be honest, as someone who's frequently lost in life and eaten mass quantities of ice cream, he's actually becoming more relatable. <laughs> we hope to see Josh back where he belongs, dominating in the ring and champion of the world very soon. And in non-Leeds related news, the number of benefits from Brexit continues to soar as loyalists in Northern Ireland have announced they are withdrawing from the Good Friday Agreement. For any younger listeners, this is not a good thing. No. At this rate, a reversal through time we calculate we'll be climbing trees and picking lice out of each other's hair as early as this time next year. <laughs> and it turns out that more than poor people get right up Rishi Sunak's nose, as he admitted to enjoying Coke to a couple of children. <laughs> no surprise to us, as the UK's answer to Hunter S. Thompson, a man with wild eyes in a suit carrying a big red suitcase, blabbers about free ports. Rishi is a living testament to Hunter's words the truth is never told during 9-5 to five hours what a time to be alive as our schadenfreude kicking into overdrive as Sheffield United gave Villa a taste of their own medicine shithousing their way to a mild win and Scum managed one shot against Crystal Palace <laughs> and finally barely surviving in the weeds now something's happening with the Royals and a spaceship landed successfully, and then spontaneously combusted. <laughs> we know the feeling, SpaceX. It happens to this podcast each week. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, that was the week, and my name's Adonis, and you know me as at, at The Adalites on Twitter, and it's a very good hello from me, and joining us to discuss all of this and much more is our mate Ewan, at Ewan Metcalf. Now then. And uh, seller of prime, prime Mexican Coke. at <laughs> <know>. Right, Badger. <laughs> Hello. I,
1: I've got to defend uh, Rishi on this, and uh, God help, I've got to defend a but Mexican Coke is elite. It really is. The drink that is. So Is that yeah. right? It's made with cane sugar instead of uh, high fructose corn syrup, so it's much better. He knows his soda does a lot. He doesn't know policy, uh, but he knows his soda.
0: I it if you knew about money, but
1: there you yeah, go. I, I would as well. I really would.
0: <laughs> is there is there a, something in the budget for Mexican Coke or?
1: Well, we won't be able to trade with Europe, so we might as well have to get it from Mexico. So. Yeah.
0: Right, we're yeah. getting it direct into one of these free ports. We won't be able to right? buy it,
1: but, you know, big red.
0: Okay, injected right into Britain. Mm-hmm. Amsterdam's finished South America. Yeah. Here we come. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Straight to the Amsterdam, sauce. quaking in their boots. <laughs>
1: Bit of a long booze cruise, that isn't it?
0: <laughs> Aston Villa then. Didn't go so well. Um, we're trialing a new format of looking back at uh, losses. How did we get over it? I didn't.
1: Right. <laughs> no, to be honest, it doesn't affect me. I think the thing that bothered me most was how salty Villa fans are about winning against little Leeds. They call us little Leeds all the time, but they were so bothered about it. And even Grealish had a tweet about it. So so what, lads? You know, you still live in Birmingham, so there's not really to live for. So
0: don't bother me. Right, and the, and then immediately lost to the, the worst team in the league. Yeah, well, it's that Bielsa Burnout. I think Bielsa Burnout is something different
1: from what they think it is. It's the right. teams when they play after us, that's the Bielsa Burnout. Okay. Ewan, how did you get over Villa beating us? Well,
2: A, and it proper bugbear of mine, not responding to dickheads on Twitter. So, like, Jack Grealish, just don't get involved. People were, like, arguing with him. It's like, ignore him. That's what he wants. Same as Agbon Lahore, same as the idiot fans that want to get straight on and give you it. Just don't respond, man. That's the greatest form of flattery you can give these idiots. But, um, you know, to be honest, I was a bit upset because I thought... Just nothing seemed to come off for us on the night, and I didn't think they were great. Yeah, I get over it pretty quickly, and then of course there's always some other team that you don't like to follow that is even worse than you. So did you have a did you
0: have a takeaway? Did you have a did you have a certain brand of beer? How did you get over it?
2: No, I don't think uh, well, I can't, I, we, we had this discussion already. I don't remember what day the it's getting like that now, isn't it was locked down. I don't know. What, <laughs> I don't know what day Villa was on anymore. Um, yeah.
0: But no, I think forget it immediately. That's it, probably the best way to get over it. It was Saturday, Saturday, so I had a pizza and it was ah, fucking excellent.
1: So Yes. Yes.
2: We had a tie. I had a, a couple of glasses of wine and I had a
0: tie takeaway. There you go. Easy. Easily done. Lovely. Okay. Books then. And I probably should mention that throughout this podcast, probably at completely random points during the editing. Like I now will-
3: An extract from the book Wish You Were Here an 80s photographic retrospective by Leeds Casuals. This piece was written by Patrick Slaughter. The book tells a story of the time. Young lads in the clothes and the haircuts and the trainers stood side by side, arms around one another, posturing and posing, proud as punch to be there. They tell a story of young kids making sense of a drab 1980s, determined to have fun and have a laugh, see the world on a service train. This book is an antidote, an antidote to mainstream histories that portray the football fans of the 1980s as mindless hooligans drinking blood from corpses in an orgy of unparalleled violence, an antidote to the boring boasts of self-styled hooligan warriors in their poorly written books, an anecdote to sanitised all-seater stadiums where money is king and the fans are to be the tolerated at best. The photographs presented here tell in a simple and straightforward manner a story of their times. The casual subculture is laid bare. Young kids enjoying themselves. It is a story of a particular time, but the theme is universally timeless. The pictures of the running and the punching and the lines of police set alive, a soundtrack of sirens, breaking glass and the guttural chant of leads, leads, leads and the special singing, enjoy yourself, enjoy yourself. It's later than you think. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and cuff <cups. laughs>
0: I, I will be interspersing our um, painful ramblings with some decent content. We have managed to contact a number of authors. Um Bryn Law who else? I should have put a list of John br- Howe Bryn Law Bryn, Bryn Law Bryn, Bryn Law again. <laughs> John Howe didn't send anything.
2: Yes. He he well, has. John did he? John Howe sent something via my good self. So John Howe, I spoke to. Um, you know, he, he sent me an excerpt to read. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, Tom Spark, I think Justin Slee. Who? Um, uh, who else? Um, Rob Bagchi. So loads of people. <laughs> yeah. I should have written a list of them yeah. clearly, but it doesn't matter. Because you'll be listening to the podcast and they'll pop up and there'll be a nice little surprise for you. So books then. Yeah. As we've been talking about John, how did you want to uh, did you want to blaze into your excerpt,
2: Ewan? Yeah, sure. So John sent me um an excerpt from which is a great book, uh, The Only Place for Us, which is his Leeds United eight is head of Leeds United. Um,
0: the Only Place for Us. Ba 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 bam. <laughs>
2: Which, which the Burley Banks is actually beautifully painted on top of my uh, – well, on my son's wall in his bedroom. He's got the only place for us with a picture of me and his brother walking to the game. So uh, it
4: nice.
2: means something to me, that little little piece. Um, just bear with me one sec. So, yeah, John sent me um, – I think it's from the sort of preamble to the, the beginning of the book, the foreword, if you like. Um, so, again, I think it evokes memories for everybody, this um, – it's a passage about going to ER and to it's, Ellen uh, it's Road, and it's obviously sort of written around sort of going in the 80s, uh, which is kind of when I first started going, so it's particularly pertinent. Um, so, when you, you know that you've got like smells and sights that evoke going to your grandma's house or somebody really that you love to pieces, well, it's the same thing. So, John sent this in. Um, so, Ellen Road is in the bones. Like it or not, it seeps through the senses, the sights, the noise, the taste, and the distaste, all magnified. The wonderment of growing up when everything is a thrill, a life yet to be embittered, the adventure of youth, the smell of adulthood, beer fags, obscene bodily odours, cigars, working men, disgruntled, shouting, violent men. The sizzle of the burger vans outside and the stench of fat and fried onions, sidestepping the horse manure on the lowfields road as mounted police control the baying crowds. The awe-inspiring floodlights like pathways to the stars. The stunning patch of endless green and the looming sense of theatre that draws us in. Language and noise you've never heard before, and it is only heard here. Heart in mouth. Suspense you might never ever get to experience again. The godforsaken, the unholy, but the wouldn't change it for the world. With time comes an attachment beyond all rationality. There is a sadness at the demise of the series of derelict haulage buildings, which anywhere else would be like Thatcherite blemish on the landscape. We mourn the dismantling of the set of four wounded towers, simple and functional yet illuminating, more than anybody could merely measure. And the electronic scoreboard that glowed on the sodden and cheerless February afternoon, a concrete underpass takes on Elysian significance as it conveys us onwards. Or you can stand at the top of Beeston Hill feeling supreme powers as you look down on your own heaven, unquestionably taller than you were before. There is both a history and a mystery to Ellen Road, the only constant throughout Leeds United's existence. Once residing in the unfolded, featureless pastures of Beeston, Leeds, but now in a geographical bubble all of its own. Once a football ground, now a stadium, shiny blue plastic and sinuous aesthetics might have replaced the mud, the cold concrete, the crumbling brickwork, the grass banks, the prefab misconstruction, the wire fences and the scattered crash barriers, but it is shrouded in, marked by, and reeking of the traditional still. So, doffing the cap to the persistence of standing in the rain on the old gelded end, to the pre-match buzz of the pubs and pie queues, to the impatient wait for the football specials, to the incoherent din of the underpass, to the surging masses on the lowfields road, and especially to the winning goal, when we are seeing stars. This is the story of the only eternal refuge in Leeds United's history, the only place we return to on our never-ending travels the only place for us very well read yeah well I've thanks liked. man I've Evocative. got I, Evocative. I'm not yeah I'm not a confident reader but you know I've uh, <laughs> I've got my assistant here reading <laughs> <laughs> so it's from the only place for us the A to Z of Leeds history first published 2015 updated now so it's available uh, out this week. And it's available online and from the Square Ball Shop, the Lufc Shop, and Waterstones.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a good book to have as well. It's, it's a fantastic coffee table book. Is that I've got
2: the 2015
1: version, and you just basically Same. you just flip to a page, and there's like loads of really good information about the favourite place in Leeds. So, um, it's, it's one of my favourite like bits. Like, did you know that the picture was 90 degrees the other way around at once? And there's a well and near the cops, Like, could you learn all that stuff? It's great.
2: Super, book, great bloke, a friend of ours, so uh, yeah, love reading that, that that passage, just, you know, that smell, the smell it evokes, the, the rumble of feet, the noise echoing the <clears throat> the underpass, you know, um, <clears throat> it's just, it, it, every Leeds fan who's ever been, you go back to that very first time, don't you, and how does, mm. how does everybody know the songs, and yeah what's that noise and who starts the songs and exactly it just, it just... now
1: there's some who yeah. starts yeah, it's, it's yeah. whoever's confident enough to sing more than one verse and everybody will start mm.
0: and so. you're so you're so small and everything else is so big and it's yeah the, the, the crowd is so loud and it's like all around you and that feeling of just like being a part of something way way bigger than yourself and yeah like the the, the plastic of the seat the feeling of the plastic on the seats and the, the smell of the program and yeah just all of that stuff some of the stuff that
1: i've missed since we've not been able to go to games has been crazy though like that that feeling of the the back of the plastic seats on your shins stuff like that yeah it's weirdly you miss that because that's you know you're at a game and the the more tense the game is the harder that's digging into your shins because you're willing leads to get closer to the goal and like just walking down Wesley Street with a crap coffee from the co-op from the Costa machine, just like I won't mind that. You know, that's that's a Saturday morning or you know, a Saturday afternoon for me. So sooner we get back the better.
5: This is an extract from the first book I wrote, Zombie Nation Awakes, that chronicles Wales qualification campaign for Euro twenty sixteen. And this is from the Bosnia v Wales chapter, with Wales desperately requiring a result in the Israel game to make sure that they did get that qualification. The game goes on somewhere in the background. Wales miss a chance to equalise and then Bosnia score a second. But it doesn't matter. Only Israel matters now. There are quite a few members of the FAW staff down in my corner as well. The overspill group that wasn't allowed to sit next to the dugout. They're asking for the score. James Collins jogs up, miles away from the bench. He just wants to know the score. When I tell him, he sprints back up the line. Then Bill Leslie, the commentator, says... There's a minute to go here and in Israel And now I know. A grin starts to spread across my face. I start nodding furiously, almost jogging on the spot, and then a chant starts from the away fans Brinlaw, Brinlaw, what's the score? Brinlaw, what's the score? As they await my response, Bill Leslie utters the immortal line The referee has blown for full time in Jerusalem and my eyes close. Whilst my arms pump the air, the microphone with its red Euro 2016 mic cover waving about. The fans know what this means. At last, at last, at last, we've done it, we're there. A wave of euphoria rolls up from my feet, up my body, up my arms. I open my eyes and look at the most fantastic scenes of celebration in front of me. It's the moment we've waited for for so many years. Loyal fans have passed away without seeing this moment. Many on the terraces in front of me will have travelling companions who are no longer with them. I have a friend who should be here and who isn't. I think of him and look up and point to the dark Bosnian night sky. Tears of joy falling down from the heavens on us all. Gary's wearing his F.A.W. suit. The little grin and a nod to me. And then he turns and goes back to the dugout.
0: Okay. Um, Alex, do you have a book? You've got a book for us? I do. Uh,
1: So this is an excerpt from uh, Daniel Chapman of Moscow White's 100 Years of Leeds United, and this is a bit that stuck out for me when I read the book. Well, I actually listened to the audio book because I'm a very time-poor person. But um, if you do get a chance, listen to the audio book because some of the accents that that guy does is hilarious. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So this one (laughs) is about a, a, a player from Leeds City, actually, so from 1906. And uh, it was called David Soldier Wilson, a veteran of the bar War, signed from Hull City in December for £150. Rafinha levels is that. He was a big stocky player with a thick moustache that gave the 22-year-old a much older appearance. Not fast or mobile, he looked indifferent to the game going on around him, but he was strong and clever. An intelligent passer to the wings, always in the right place to score. City were much changed for the start of the 1906-07 season, returning Wilson as the focal point, but he didn't score for the first two games and missed the next four through injury. His return lifted the team. Leeds beat Burton United. I was going to say i there. That's that's my times. Grisby Town and bursland Port Vale, and signs of improving form brought 14,000 fans to ellen Road for a match with Burnley. Wilson's commitment to the cause of what was still only provincial second division club in its infancy cost him everything that day and made him Ellen Road's first hero. Fifteen minutes into the second half, Wilson was still searching for his first goal of the season, getting some rough treatment from the Burnley defenders. He was badly winded in the first half when sandwiched between two of them and sending two efforts just over the bar. A third, headed at goal, caused some sort of strain, and left Wilson feeling such severe pains in his chest that he headed for the dressing rooms. Police constable John Byron followed Wilson, and finding the player in agony on the ground, he sent for the Leeds and Burnley club doctors. And a third found him in the stands. A third found him in the stands. They moved him to the comfort of the directors' room, where he began to recover a little from what City's doctor Taylor presumed had been a heart attack. A taxi cab was called to take him home. Even before Wilson went off, Jack Levery had been knocked unconscious in the tackle and was now a passenger on the fringes of the game. There are no substitutes at this point. Now, Harry Singleton was injured and limped away to the dressing rooms, leaving Leeds down to eight fit players. And the quote, though his chest was very sore, reported the Yorkshire Evening Post, Wilson said he could not remain there in the director's room while the Leeds City team were in such straits. So although many of those in the room endeavoured to dissuade him from his, pu- his purpose and went out to resume play, his reappearance being greeted by a storm of cheers. Wilson managed three minutes only going near the ball once before leaving the pitch again in agony, while Burnley took an inevitable lead. In the dressing rooms, Constable Byron was helping Wilson into a hot bath the player thought might restore him. Instead, Wilson suffered violent spasms, lost consciousness and was quickly moved to a table and attended by Dr Taylor. Sarah Wilson was at the game and, worried by her husband's behaviour, had set off for their home in Catherine Grove, not far away at the top of Beeston Hill, to wait for him there. When the game ended, the players found a shocking situation in their dressing room and Gilbert Gillies found a car to overtake Mrs. Wilson, bringing her back to the ground to attend to her stricken husband. When she made the trip away again, it was in an ambulance with her husband's body. Despite the efforts of the doctors, David soldier Wilson had died just as the game was ending. It was agreed at the inquest that over-eagerness to, uh, to be of service to his club was Wilson's undoing. His devotion to the game and to the club proved fatal, wrote the Leeds Mercury. As well as Sarah, Wilson left a 10-month-old daughter. He was just 23 years old. A few days later, after a service at Catherine Grove, his coffin was draped in the Leeds City flag for the journey north to be buried near his family in Leith. The shadow over the shocked and grieving club took a long time to lift. They didn't score for three games following Wilson's death. So that is double hard. I mean, imagine having a heart attack and then thinking, right, I'm going to go back out because the team need me. Yeah, so Adam Farshaw. I'm talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. you no. Can we just wish Adam Forshaw well?
0: No. I feel sorry for him. I jest. I,
2: I do. Course. I jest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. <sighs> that's that's yeah. that's a, that's exactly the story that I thought about. So it's amazing yeah. that that's no <laughs> one had looked at. I've I've got that book and literally out of time to read. I flipped through it um, and that was the one that. Out of the three or four stories I read that very first day, I got it around Christmas time. That stood out. I mean, what a story that is, man! Yeah. It's um, commitment, but so sad in it. And uh, yeah, wow. I mean, imagine footballers of today, particularly our friend Mister Grealish. You know, going back on, <laughs> going back, going back on after an eyelash fell out.
1: Never mind, yeah. going back on after a heart attack. I mean, it's when, when people say it's just a game. Why are you so upset? I mean, it was well, just a game, but you know, Wilson, you know, he's looking at that of like my team need me. And he'd done his own personal, it's all the massive side before self. Side before life, yeah. in Wilson's <laughs> case. Yeah, well, what a story. And imagine I mean, thinking uh, a warm bath would restore you from a heart attack. I mean, that's uh, that's optimism for you right there. But it's, yeah. last, it's the last thing you want, you've talked about gas <laughs> Gascoigne.
2: <laughs> yeah. Gascoigne did it to, you know, to relax his muscles and was stayed in too long and literally was like a jellyfish. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's probably the last thing you want to do in it, just like you know, finish you off. But
0: wow, what a story! Amazing, absolutely. The last thing everybody's got that bit in them. Not everybody, but there, there are certain players, team players, who've got that thing inside of them that always want to go back on the pitch. But that is just that's another level, isn't it? Mm. I mean, I've I've injured myself badly and gone gone back on and and played on and nearly. Yeah, it damaged the the ligaments in my in my foot, but that is completely different level to having a heart attack and and wanting to to go back on the pitch. I mean, yeah. unreal. it's all you've got. <laughs> you <know>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep, keep throwing one. it at me. Okay, I'm
2: off back on. <laughs> yeah, is yeah, it's uh, staggering staggering bravery. But I but I that- played with a cracked rib once, and I thought I was dying. <laughs> I wasn't, obviously wasn't. I'm still here, but wow, pain! Like never felt anything like it. Teeth, knocked, yeah, that's teeth knocked out and played on. You know all that stuff, but uh...
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I cut my head open on somebody else's teeth on the goalkeeper's teeth. The the ball went over the top. I was running um, to it, and it bounced in between us, and we both went for it. And I just got there ahead of him, headed the ball in into the goal, and my forehead came crashing down on his mouth. Oh no. I broke three of his teeth and I got a scar on my head. And I, I fell down and blacked out for like half a second or whatever. I came to, looked up, saw the ball was in the goal, jumped up, celebrated. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my strike partner comes over to celebrate with me. Donnie, Donnie, he's got it. And then as soon as he got, got to me, he goes, Oh, God. Um, are you all right, mate? And and I, and I look down, and there's just blood, like blood dripping down all over my shirt. And the refs like, sit down, sit down, sit down. <laughs>
1: Have a digestive. Um, yeah.
0: yeah. Anyway, it's still, it's still not, <laughs> not a heart attack. <laughs> I've the got bath. the
1: I've got the weirdest football injury. So I was playing, um, I think it was seven aside, and I was going for the ball and. I think the guy that I was tackling lost a bit of balance and flung his arm out and punched me in the nose. I think it were an accident. I'm pretty sure it was an accident. Um, and I, I basically saw my life flash before me. <laughs> and now, when I blow my nose, this is disgusting, so if you're of a sensitive disposition, please tune out now and then subscribe. Don't, yeah. um, so don't watch this yeah, yeah. podcast. That <laughs> <all>. <laughs> so when I blow my nose, air comes out of my eye. Yeah. Yeah. Disgusting, that not it? Yeah, okay. I, I don't know if... D- it's
2: not as disgusting as it is, just pure weird. <laughs> yeah, it's probably weird.
1: Because like, for ages, it, it, it was really swollen. I couldn't breathe through my nose for a bit, so I thought I had a broken nose, but I checked in. Oh, fine, i was not going to go to the doctor's. And then when it all cleared up and all fine, I went to blow my nose and bubbles coming out of my eye. So, I mean, this what, is a party yeah, trick, isn't it? Well, I was you just about to stick say. A straw
0: in your, stick a straw
1: in so your so eye. What What's your do, party trick, man? <laughs> so, come on. So what I need to do is like inhale loads of like... Smoke or, or vape or something and then blow it out, mate. Blow
2: it out for your eyeball. Brilliant. They've yeah. gotta do it.
0: <laughs> anyway, uh, um, so that was from uh, one hundred years of Leeds United. I'm sure you don't need us to it, it, listen, um, I was just gonna say as well if you if
2: you if you wanna see amazing injuries and resilience and bravery, look at Wayne Bucky Shelford, who was the um New Zealand rugby union player. Have you seen that one? No. Oh dear. So he got four teeth knocked out in us in a I don't know what you call him. I don't watch rugby union. Rook. Yeah. Um, and then basically lost a knacker. It came out of his ball bag, split, and it was hanging out like pink string um, <laughs> with his knacker <laughs> oh, on the end God. and wanted it stitched up and went back on. So Oh, and, no. You know, there's, no, there's, no, no. There's, there's bravery when you don't really know what's going on and you feel like it's an obligation. But when you see your own bollock hanging out of your, your ball bag and you go, whack it back in, mate, and
0: <laughs> stitch it up. <laughs> cheer, cheer, stitch it up. We'll, that's, that's too much, isn't it? I mean, when I cut my head open, I said, can I go back on? And he said, well, if you head it again, it'll rip open probably the whole of your forehead. So I thought, probably best not. Eh? But a bollock hanging out hanging again out. is I'm,
2: just... I'm, I'm saying I'm going back on. It was, against, so... it was against the French in about 1986. Look it up, Wayne, book it, book Shelford, I think I it's
0: don't, called. I think I will look no, it up. Please Thanks, do. Do. I think do I'm do. okay.
4: So this is an excerpt from the chapter with John Newsome, who as a very, very young centre-half uh, scored the goal that effectively delivered the 92 league title, the last ever first division title to Leeds United. Um, he talks about that moment, but we join him a month before that in March 92 when he's just been given his debut against Tottenham and he scored then as well. In the back of the net it went, he smiles at the memory, I remember just standing there thinking, I don't believe this, and everyone's jumping on me, screaming and laughing. I remember watching Match of the Day afterwards and Gary Speed saying, look at your face, you look like you've just been sent down. It was just shock. I remember thinking, if I score again, I must remember to smile. The rest is history. The following month, Sheffield United's John Pemberton fouled David Batty on the edge of the penalty box. Gary McAllister astutely pondered his options and floated the ball beyond everyone bar Newsome, who stooped in unchallenged and nodded in at far post. The photograph of him celebrating, one arm up, the picture of youthful ecstasy being hugged by Speed and Fairclough is one of the most iconic of the era. He's seen it a million times, but I've brought it along again to celebrate his second and also crucial goal for Leeds. I remember getting up and I was just elated, he says. He also reminded himself this time, you'd better smile here. He vividly recalls the victory celebration and the bus parade and dropping the trophy. Ha! It nearly went over the edge as well. And I remember the photographer smashing his head on the bridge outside Ellen Road. The press were on the upper deck of the open-top bus, in front, taking photos leading to this railway bridge. We're all shouting at them, get down, get down, and they thought we were taking the mickey. Then at the last minute, they've all put their heads down except one of them, and it's nearly taking his head off. Blood everywhere. They had to call an ambulance. We were laughing our heads off, which we shouldn't really. But you just caught up in the moment. We'd won the league. It was unbelievable.
0: Um, so um, <laughs> we've just got time. We've got time before stats. I guess. Um, if I just uh, read out a little piece from Service Crew, which is a uh, book that I started reading. In, the inside story of Leeds United's hooligan gangs, and um, this is the start of the second chapter. <clears throat> Just to give you a bit of an idea, my granddad was at this game, but I don't think he was in this scuffle. Um, maybe my, uh, my my family are keeping were keeping <laughs> stories of this from me. He was um, top. He was know. top
2: boy. He was right at the front.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no fucker move. They're not getting past us. Forty lads obeyed and sprayed out across Wembley Way, waiting for their opponents. Not many believed Manny when he said, they're not getting past us, but they prepared themselves for the ordeal ahead. It was going to be one hell of a battle. It was the 1972 FA Cup final. They were playing Arsenal and they were about to confront overwhelming odds. The coachload of Leeds hooligans from the Cow Close area had already received warning of what was coming when between 100 and 150 breathless lads sprinted past them. At first, they thought the running lads were Arsenal and braced themselves for a rook until the leader gasped, Where leads? There's about 2,000 Arsenal up there and they've knocked the hell out of us. We're off. The cow close lads had arrived in the capital in the early hours and kicked in Hyde Park. They had already had an eventful day rousing some tramps in the park to play a game of football and then mixing it in Trafalgar Square with a smaller group of Chelsea who were given a good account of themselves. (laughs) The only one among them with a ticket for the final had been nicked and looked pretty glum as he was driven away in a Black Mariah. On Wembley Way, they faced a different proposition. Masses of Arsenal came into view, a sea of heads bobbing up and down as they ran towards Leeds. As they closed in, Leeds could make out individuals dressed in the bizarre get-up from a clockwork orange. White coats and bowler hats, with one side of the face painted red and the other white, with a ring of eyeliner around one eye. Some were carrying sticks. Arsenal's hooligans were known to be no-mugs, either away or at home, and as there were now possibly 2,000 of them heading towards a vastly outnumbered Leeds contingent, the situation looked dire. The Leeds lads silently stood their ground, prompting a few anxious looks among the Arsenal front line. The Londoners started to slow down and then stopped shouting, Arsenal! And jeering, come on! One ran up with a stick in his hand and brayed a Leeds lad called Paul over the head, snapping the stick in the process. Paul bent down, picked up half of the stick and stuck it in the lad's face. Jesus. So, <laughs> that, escal- so that escalated quickly Yeah So if you uh, want to see How the rest of that story went Service crew The inside story of Leeds United's hooligan gang. I don't there think it go. ended in tea and scones did it? Possibly
1: <laughs> It would these days at Arsenal Would it? I, I've never experienced the, the worst I've ever experienced is up at Borough Where a guy punched a bus stop that I was standing in And said you dirty ginger Leeds bastard I'm oh. Not ginger. I I don't know where that is. What well, did did you look round behind you? Like what? Uh, who? <laughs> we what, he to? punched. <laughs> he punched the bus stop. <laughs> yeah, I punched the bus stop. Didn't punch me. Punched the bus stop. Dirty leads bastard. When we
0: beat him one nil.
2: Bus, stops, you, bus stop tactic. usually wins. To be honest. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, no, yeah, nine times out of ten.
0: 10. <laughs> <laughs> so it's time for get your stats out for the lads. <laughs> Brilliant.
6: I've got, I've got my book.
0: Oh, yeah. excellent. Excellent. So this is the official history of Legionnaires. It is.
6: It is. I'll, I'll be reading from last season. You'll be pleased to know. Okay, perfect. Okay. Football was then put on hold for three months as the country died with the COVID-19 pandemic and there are all sorts of rumours flying around about the season would be void. Thankfully, these rumours were unfounded and 106 days after the 2-1 ever West Yorkshire out of Huddersfield Town, Lee took the field once more away to Cardiff City. Their first match without a crowd following government guidelines. A sluggish performance saw the Bluebirds win 2 0. But the side bounced back in magnificent style with a 3 0 win at home to promotion rivals Fulham, thanks to Galton Bamford, Janney Aliowski, and Jack Harrison. Jack
0: Harrison!
6: (laughs) A frustrating 1 0 draw at Allen Road against relegating Fetchland Luton Town saw the team drop two points. But yet again, the side bounced back in fine style with a 3 1 win away at Blackburn Rovers with Calvin Phillips becoming the first Leeds player to score from a direct free kick since Pablo Hernandez at Burton Albion and boxing Day 2017. Wow. Leeds then produced a season's best to demolish Stoke City final and road as they closed in to return to the top flight for the first time in 16 years. Three days later, the side travelled to Swansea City knowing that seven more points <laughs> would clinch promotion. In a nervy, edgy performance, that man Hernandez won the day his former club and put his current club on the verge of promotion. With Brentford continuing to pick up wins and breathing down Leeds' neck, Leeds knew they had to take care of their own business. And on the 16th of July, a disjointed performance saw Leeds win 1-0 against relegation-haunted Barnsley, thanks to a seventh home goal of the season. It put the side one point away from pitching promotions to the promised land, with a point at rivals Derby County. The side need not worry as the closest rivals West Bromwich Albion lost Huddersfield Town and returned to the top flight after 5,907 days was confirmed. Yes, Fans made their way down to Ellen Road to celebrate with the players in scenes that will live long in the memory and the following day the championship was clinched as Brentford finally came undone after eight consecutive wins at Scope 60. A day later a much changed Leeds side came from behind to win 3-1 at Derby with Derby having to give Leeds a guard of honour. Following at Pride Park Flan, fans found into to Millennium Stage in Millennium Square to celebrate a return to the Premier League. With the title in the bag, the players could relax, and this was evident in the last and eight hundred and thirty-fourth game as a football league side since the seventh of August 2004, as the champions destroyed Jason Athletic for Road. Once the game was over, Liam Cooper was handed the championship trophy and the party went on later Ellen Road. There was a lovely piece of symmetry. The one of the last visitors to LS11 as a Premier League side on the 8th of May, 2004. It was a magnificent end to centenary season, with the sides' campaign due to kick off at of the weekend commencing the 12th of September, 2020. Anticipation was burning the city ahead of the first flight season in 16 years.
2: Yes.
0: And the next season? On the next season, <laughs> is- Cool. Um, all right. Awesome. Okay, stats. Um, so... Thanks for that book reading. Brilliant. And now we'll get back onto your uh, your uh, segment, get your stats out for the lads. So, Do you have any stats from the Villa game?
6: Uh, from the Villa game, yeah. We still have to go back 75-76 since we last did the double uh, over Aston Villa, unfortunately. Uh, there's not much more, really to say I think this is a lethargic performance mm. uh yeah uh, we don't have a good record at home to Aston Villa uh even in the pre- in recent times in the Premier League since 2000 I think it's just that one winning in five at home to Aston Villa which is frustrating but we have to move on and move on quickly to uh Aston uh, Aston Villa's rivals for the current blue shirts in, in West Ham United on uh, on
0: Monday evening Pfft. Burnley are uh a uh, uh, Shitting themselves somewhat. No, what? <laughs> Burnley are really angry at what you just said there. So that's, um...
6: Sorry, Burnley. I, I, you're the other rivals. and yeah, uh, I think we play you in April or May time. So uh, I can use that, that line against Burnley. Sorry for any Burnley fans. I hope I'm not... Uh, uh, no harm intended. N- they won't no be problem. watching. Um,
2: Nobody's got tellies in Burnley. Don't worry about it. No. Yeah. no. they don't. Or, 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 oh, 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 or Wi-Fi, or computers, or telephones, or headphones.
0: Oh, There was a Burnley game that was on PPV, um, and wasn't it uh, like thirty-four people? Eighty-four people, or was it (laughs) thirty-four? Eighty-four people, or something, watched it.
1: Yeah, it was the first one, wasn't it? And and that first, the whole thing of PPV, that was the first one, and
0: it got oh god,
6: yeah, that was at the start of the season when they started this, yeah.
0: All the houses with electricity, basically. Yeah, yeah. So I was thinking that was just the Burnley fans, but you and might be onto a, onto something there. It could just be the ones that have TVs. Yeah. Electricity. They're all howling at the moon, the rest of them. Ah, sure. Right. Yeah, yeah. Howling at the moon for their thumbs. Oh yeah. don't, okay. Don't, um, because they'll be in the, oh no, they won't be in the comments. No, no, they won't. No. That's the thing. Um we can say what we like about them. Um taking okay. photograph licenses. Right. We needed that fifteen million though, so thanks for that. Um stats. Yes. West Ham, Yes. tell us about it. What, what are your stats? Are uh, well, this?
6: I don't want to tempt fate, mm. but West Ham United have never done the double overs in the Premier League. Okay. And you have to go back to season 1953-1954 to find the last time the Hammers actually did the double in any division over Leeds United. And they've only done the double overs three times in their history. So that side looks good. The London stats, I think it's now, what, 13, uh, sorry, 15 games of that, a win, 13 losses, two draws... Uh, at Brentford and at Millwall in 1819. And Luke Ayling needs one more appearance to become our 75th top highest appearance maker, which he probably will get against West Ham on uh, on Monday evening. And I think Click needs one more to become our 120th top all time appearance maker. And Paddy will make his 99th appearance, all being well, on uh, Monday. It's Monday night, isn't it? I, I lose track of all the days with games it's, and It's what International
0: Women's Day, yes. Yes, certainly is. Um, uh, when you said uh, eighteen nineteen, I was thinking, yes. God, God, has it been that long since we've uh, won a
6: <laughs> It feels like it. It feels like it. Yeah. So, yeah, and then all being well, providing Paddy comes through the, the West Ham game unscathed, he'll make his 100th for the club against Chelsea uh, whenever that day is, because I, I lose track of all these games with Sky and BT and what have you. So, so yeah, uh, Paddy um, uh, will reach 99 and hopefully get his 40th goal for the club on uh, on Monday evening. And is this That'll our, be good.
1: Is this our first time at the uh, London stadium as well? Because I think yes. it, we're well. be I
6: yeah. believe it's Bielsa's 42nd different ground he's managed leads at.
7: This is from the biography of Leeds United for World Book Day Part of the reason for the club's enduring appeal is that we have a go In four attempts at the European Cup Leeds have made the semi-finals twice and the final once It's not a Nottingham Forest style hit rate but none too shabby The year after promotion in 1964 Leeds went to the wire Runners up in the first division on goal average and the FA Cup only after extra time A quarter of a century later, Howard Wilkinson won Division Two, finished fourth, and then won the last Football League Championship in successive seasons, before David O'Leary managed fourth, third and fourth, and reached two European semis. As the song says, we've had our ups and downs, and both have chiselled the club's character. Leeds is a club of John Charles, Britain's greatest player, and World Cup winner Jack Charlton, of 12 names tripping off everyone's tongue. The Southampton showboating Olays, Clark 1-0 in the Centenary Cup final, 6-1 at Hillsborough, beating Man United at Old Trafford from the depths of League One, and the club that can boast to every other. We've got Marcelo Bielsa. Yet it is also the club that dropped and sold Dennis Irwin and replaced him with Brian Caswell. of World Cup winner, Roque Junior, the club without an FA Cup victory for 10 consecutive seasons, and sides who froze into embarrassing torpor in two playoff finals. It's the one that lost to Histon in a Fenland torrent, that embraced here today gone tomorrow like a rat assed buffoon in a casino with more than a hundred lone players in thirteen seasons. It is the club of Dave Hockaday in an Italian river and Cellino's sick note six. These extremes of experience define Leeds as a hybrid of erstwhile nobodies, unlucky Alf, and the greatest in the land. Wilkinson thought the club a Rolls-Royce in a breakers' yard when he took over, and merely eight years after his tireless renovation work ended, it was back with the knacker. Brass comes and goes, success and crises too. This is United's core value, a volatile club in a volatile world. When opposition fans ask, who are you? The answer comes back, we are Leeds. This is the story of what that means.
0: Okay, and just enough time then for what's your thing this week, Stats?
6: Uh, well, I'm on annual leave at the moment, so I'm having a few days just to catch up, uh, <laughs> as you do. <laughs> okay, at Alex's reaction. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting into The Hobbit. I watched the first one uh, over the weekend, and I'll be watching one.
1: Just next week, Emery's sure.
6: blessing to try to get me into different things. Well, I've done all the Harry Potters. Uh, I'm actually in Game of Thrones as well at the moment. So I'm just getting myself back into that. Uh, so yeah, looking forward to, to watching The Hobbit uh, on Saturday or Sunday. As
1: long as The Hobbit consents to you getting into him, that's all good. And You know, that's fine. <laughs> Very good, um, Alex. But
6: Very. Cheers. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the first one. I think you've come on got that, and I've got Lord of the Rings.
1: First of all, watch. you brag about you love life. Second, you're bragging about going yeah. to Holland Road, and then now I've got a week of annual <laughs>
6: leave. I mean, I'm sick of I've this. I've got time. three days of annual leave. I'm back in on Tuesday. <laughs> That's better than so. Fucking hell. I, I would kill for annual leave. Jeez. I, in fact, I <laughs> might bucket Just a few though. days to our end. I'm some But something. saying that, when you, have a, you want to have a lay-in on you when you're on annual leave. I woke up at half past five this morning. You never can, can you? I cannot sleep in there. Uh, sod's, sod's law. Sod's law.
1: Never can.
0: Da-da-da-da. Da-da-da. Da-da-da. I made a promise, I made a what promise, Mr. Fordo. a promise. <laughs> That's what are you doing to me no? So, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, I don't know what I'm doing, where am I? You've got so much, <laughs> where I? But so yeah, much oh to God. look forward to this. Stats. And
6: hopefully, boys, looking forward to breaking that London hoodoo on Monday yeah, evening. I think we will, I think we will.
0: Fantastic, so it's it's time for you to say your famous catchphrase now. Check your folks! Check your folks! <laughs> <laughs> Spot on. OK, mate, have a lovely week. We'll see you next week. Cheers, mate. Cinebet. You too. Cheers, boys. You
8: cheers, cheers. cheers So, Well, Book Day uh, coming up, and here's just a snippet from Vinnie Jones's book that I'm reading at a minute. Uh, it's been emotional, my story. And there's a little snippet here, and he says, It's unsurprising that I soon became fond of the people at Leeds, and I realised everybody connected to the club down to the tee ladies, was absolutely crackers about it. Sums our club right up.
0: All right, there we go. That was stats. Nice one, stats. Thanks for stats. It's always good, isn't it? Uh, To have stats in there, get your stats out. So the transfer rumours have started. Um, I I don't want to get into this, but Orkun Koku. Have you you seen this?
2: How much did you pay for that?
0: um he's valued like at 11.7 million pounds by transfer market but yeah apparently we're in for orkun koku that we all? so i appreciate that i appreciate the... koku is that like a orc is that cuck cuck. one of those penis
2: extension things
0: <laughs> right yeah probably elongated penis the size of an orc or um <laughs> it's just weird isn't it we've got cocks we've we might have Orkun Koku, you know, cock to Orkun back to cock to Orkun Koku. Orkun Koku, cock!
1: was mild, mildly amusing. <laughs> Do you reckon, like, it's um, just Bryn Law's pissed off Victor Otto at some point, and Victor's like, "Ah, oh. yeah. Right then. <laughs> right. Cock, cock. Yeah.
0: Goal, a goal, goal, huh? <laughs> Butcher my language, huh? We'll see about this. <laughs> Oh dear. Um okay. Ups and downs. Any ups and downs? Thinking of ups, I'm such a depressive twat. <laughs> what, what ups have we had? What what have we had? F- Phillips is back in training, or at least oh, he was there, so. he was seen beeping his horn during yeah. a Rafinha interview. Yep.
1: Yeah. yeah. That could Looking out
0: a, the window like this.
1: Could have been a mobility car though, couldn't it? So. Yeah, yeah you know. beep,
0: beep, beep, beep. Oh, really funny. Anna ass beep, beep, beep.
1: <laughs> yeah, so ups and downs, then. Uh, I think up is the return oh. of the beautiful and wonderful man, Gaetano Berardi to training. And that is just coming back to uh, Berardi being in the Premier League, which is amazing. If you could think back to the Sick Note Six and Berardi you know, joining the, the club coach and and standing against the guys that wanted to protest. I mean, and the fact that he's now potentially going to be a Premier League player is unreal. And I cannot wait for him to be sent off in his first five minutes. Uh, Downs, probably Villa. And just, just the, how like reactive we are as a fan base, because Twitter is beautiful after a win. We're the most acerbic wit. We're quite clever. We'll find the clips that we want to put and we'll all have a good laugh and stuff. When we lose, we lose that altogether, and it just becomes an absolute cesspit. So, yeah, just just keep the humour up. We're we're staying up. We're safe. Just have a laugh.
0: Right. That was Alex's ups and downs, and Ewan. <laughs> uh,
2: ups. I I, I did, I'm not taking any solace in people returning from long term injuries or anything. The ups are Chef Wednesday getting <laughs> beat. By Rotherham, which is brilliant. Go on, Rotherham. Uh, the up are Man United having one shot and goal and drawing with Crystal Palace, or possibly the worst football team in the league. Um, <laughs> what else ups? There was another up as well. What was that? Oh,
1: Wednesday. and Wednesday yeah, in Rotherham. Wednesday Rotherham, right. yeah,
2: I've mentioned that. Yeah, oh, they, yeah. Wednesday can fuck off. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I've had to sit in there watching Leeds games. I used to work with Wednesday yeah. a bit, and I had to go watch Leeds games, sat in boxes and sat in there. And they sit on your hands, you wouldn't sit on your hands. And I was there the game when... Aaron Corley ran on the pitch and yeah. slapped, um, what was he called, at Kirkland. Yeah, um, And it was pretty hostile and toxic atmosphere that day. And Yeah, I've got a lot of good Wednesday friends, fans, to be honest, so I'm not going to be too disrespectful, but still hilarious. Because um, they're going to feel that pain again out of, the, uh, of League One, I reckon, at this rate. Um, yeah. So, UPS are all about celebrating other people's misfortune and the fact that <laughs> <laughs> you know 90% of football fans most football fans experience of football is disappointment in it on varying levels you know short term midterm whatever and just to wallow in other people's desperation and unhappiness is what makes me really happy on a weekly basis so there you go um, <laughs> downs yeah Villa will not good um you know but that's it I'm a pretty positive person you know I'm you know mm. That that's it, and it's only football at the end of the day, you know. We've just heard about a guy that had an heart attack on a pitch and went back on. because He felt it was his civic duty, and a guy who played rugby with his knacker hanging out, um, <laughs> <laughs> with his Jake, Jacob's crackers hanging out back of his back of his shots, um, back
1: up so, and open crack. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> so there's far worse things in life. So um, you know, life's good in it. We're going back out of lockdown. Everything's cushy. We're back in the pub in a couple of months. You know, let's just enjoy life and don't be so vicious. And like Alex, you know, I'm a massive, I'm a massive uh, non-believer in people like acting out the little tribal silly arguments on Twitter and getting involved with Jack Grealish or anybody else for that matter. You know, so what? Let him spout off, but don't respond to him, Leeds. Come on, we're better than yeah. that. If you want to respond to 2,000 Arsenal fans dressed up as Clockwork orange running across Wembley Way, fair <laughs> enough. But don't don't respond to that
1: little penis on Twitter.
2: <laughs> it's what he wants okay.
1: I think another up as well just to add that mm. how good are Barnsley this season
2: yeah Alex I was going to say that it's Alex Mower brilliant I love Alex Mower yeah. I, I always thought he was a baller too slow and he wouldn't probably yeah. but what a footballer can hit a ball what okay. a shot on him what a yeah. shot and I don't think that, stat, that stats has just pulled out about we haven't scored from a free kick the one um, was it Phillips against Blackburn
1: yeah last season
2: yeah was that that the one that's that's the first time we scored from a free kick since 2017 Pablo that's ridiculous yeah that's ridiculous yeah um I could tell you something if we had Alex Mowat in the team as much as he probably wouldn't survive (laughs) murder ball um we we that
0: definitely wouldn't be a start would it no well we had Izzy Brown taking a direct free kick at one point so wow in the no wonder playoff semi-final while losing
1: and might it as, got skied into the cup. Brilliant. Might as well have had Errol Brown taking him to
0: be honest. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> you sexy <So>, thing! <laughs> I think it's just too easy to pick Villa as a down, but I just can't think of any others. Um so that's my down and then my up was learning that um Elan Melier rejected Chelsea. Yes. Before he right. came before he came to us. So there you go, Chelsea. You're stuck with your <coughs> expensive shit goalkeepers, and we've got the greatest French goalkeeper since has there ever been a good uh, a French goalkeeper as good as this I've got no idea
8: I'll be reading a little passage from David Batty's autobiography Wilco talked to the board and it was rejected so my dad advised me to put in a transfer request in writing which I did then my dad made a anonymous phone call to the Yorkshire Evening Post, saying that I had asked for a move. That put the cat among the pigeons. The newspaper reported the story and the club had to respond, admitting they had turned down my request. The report included references of how highly Harold Wilkinson rated me and how he didn't want me to leave. It also claimed that I had a valuation of £850,000. I couldn't believe it. I feel I owe it to myself to claim that though I was always being blessed with bucket loads of self-confidence on a football pitch, that isn't the same thing as having a big ego. If anybody I've played with or against said different, I'd say he'd got the wrong man. So when I read that news that Leeds and Wilco put such a valuation on me, and £850,000 was a lot of money in 1989, I was surprised and flattered.
0: Okay, and uh, West Ham then, finally, very quickly. Fuck them. Right? Yeah. Ewan? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I quite like West Ham. I've always had a... I think I, I'm not keen, as you know, on any team other than Leeds United, mm. but I, I've always had a bit of a soft spot for West Ham. I'm glad they're doing well. Um, Loved going to the Berlin ground. That was an experience. To be honest, uh, in and a half. But I've met like West Ham fans all over the world, and they're great—they're usually really good people and down to earth, bit like us. So, um, well, stats have said it. It's a long time since they've done the double overs. That usually is the death knell, and it means it's going to happen. Like, there's never been a team uh, that's not gone up when finishing so, being top at Christmas in the championship. So. Um, yeah, I reckon we're going to win, and it'll be tight. 2-1, Leeds. Um, decent game, open game, and yeah, I'm going to go for a 2-1, Leeds win.
0: Brilliant. Um, so some other books that narrowly missed out me me reading them out just because they didn't have anything to do with Leeds, um, Football Clichés by Adam Hurry, also an excellent podcast, so give that a listen, right after you've finished listening to... The back catalogue of The Roaring Peacock, obviously. Um, How to Score by Ken Bray. (laughs) Science and the Beautiful Game. That's quite necessary, especially when you're a bit younger. Um, Random History of Football by Colin Murray. Very, very funny. Lots of different little facts about it. Um, What's this? Uh, David O'Leary. The Inside Story of... uh, No, you probably... No, not that one? <laughs> probably okay. not. Sorry. Um, Cluffy? Oh, what? Geez. No, definitely not that one, right? It was just 44 pages. I was really going <laughs> to read a little bit about that. It says, the, um, the Biggest Mistake of My Life. That that was the chapter, I think. I think he goes to some northern club.
7: Yeah, probably.
0: Yorkshire or something. Yeah, yep, yeah, Never never heard of him. The next one is In Need of a Friend. You know, at least I had a chance of getting to look at the European Cup with Leeds. That's literally, that's literally a sentence in this. So, <laughs> there you go. He, he had a look at it. Um And of course, uh, Rob Bagchi. That Rob will be uh, reading out a bit of his. And oh. and all. Thank you to all the other authors that got back to us. And um, about that one. There you go. Wish you were here, Andy. Andy uh, Pies reading Pye,
2: that. So Andy yeah. Pies. Richard Cusworth, Simon Gosling, brilliant photographic book of Leeds United Casuals in the eighties and stuff. Brilliant book. It was done for right. chari- done for charity, but I think we're gonna we've got a clip from that, haven't we, or a, an excerpt from that? To I
0: don't know if yeah, you gonna... have yeah.
2: photographic nostalgia. Absolutely brilliant.
0: <laughs> right there, you go. Okay, wrapping it up then. Final thought. Uh, not many
1: final thoughts. Looking forward to another game just to get Villa out of us hair. And get on to get back into winning, I'd really enjoy that because it just makes my life a lot easier on the team's calls on the morning. What's happening at Leeds? Um, yeah, yeah, that's all.
2: Okay, Ewan? Final thoughts, always the same. Stay positive, keep testing negative. Um, you know, let's go into West Ham confident. You know, we've had these little wobbles, haven't we, before. We've usually come back and really impressed. So I'm looking forward to a good performance against West Ham and as I say, three points and a real fantastic end to the season. last 10 games are going to be great. And um, whether we get into the ground or not, we're going to be back next year, aren't we? And we'll still be there. And wow, that's something to look forward to.
0: Yep. Final thought from me. Read a book. Yep. Yeah. Put the phone down. <laughs> get off the screen. Read a book.
2: Don't turn into an old stop grandpa, you right, <laughs> know. <Fucking laughs> yeah, stop shouting. Get off your Nintendo's
1: you know. and read a book.
2: <laughs> stop shouting! Stop shouting at the telly, dummy!
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I say, I say, I say, I say, put that bloody phone down
0: and read yourself a fucking book.
2: That's
1: get what, what I say. eyes,
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you'll learn nothing but worms on that Google. <laughs> <laughs> worms. I don't know where that came from. You'll you'll get rickets. Look bent down <laughs> like that, yeah. looking at that yeah, screen. You'll get it. rickets. Yeah.
2: You'll get square eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Your face will stay like that.
0: Oh, God, I, I used to love that one. But the yeah. thing is,
1: it did. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so if you've liked, if you've enjoyed this podcast, if you're still here, to the one or two of you still hanging on, at Peacocks Roar on Twitter, or uh, The Roaring Peacock on YouTube, and subscribe to us and give us some comments and all that. Shit. <sighs> You need to do it with enthusiasm, haven't you? Like, <laughs> right. Subscribe, ring that bell, and you'll be notified when we're coming back on. And we need to, need to get this, this oh, 100 likes, guys. 100 likes and 1,000 subscribers. <laughs> and today we're doing the Jaded Leeds Fan Challenge. So, my name was Adonis, and you know me as at The Adolites on Twitter. It was a very goodbye from me. And joining us today was Machiavelli at Ewan Metcalf Ewan. Good night, God bless. Good night, and God bless. And a uh, very goodbye. Or a very good night and God bless from At Right Badger Alex. All right, see you later. Give us three rings when you get home to let you know you're safe. Right, three <laughs> rings and buy his canvases. Buy three canvases, please, to let him to let him know you that you're safe on Big Cartel dot Right Badger or whatever it is. Yeah, Right Badger dot Big dot
1: com. I don't have that size left of that one, but I do have the sizes of others. Please buy them.
0: Right, so there you go. You've missed out. See you next week. Bye. God bless you. See you guys. Love you. Thank God for that. Okay, it's over. Most of our stats come from LUFC Stats or LUFC Data on Twitter. A very special thanks to Barney Stewart, Ewan and Howard Metcalf, Josh Pearson, Laura, Leon and Rob, The Light Show and all our family and friends. So many
4: games to play, don't care what's on your mind.